Hello, hello everyone and welcome to the latest episode of the Yellow Card. Hi Ritin, how are you? What are your thoughts on match week 2? It was simply scintillating, or maybe not for you, but simply scintillating if you're a neutral or a Chelsea fan for sure. Because Lukaku on fire right from the get-go, I think in his first stint at Chelsea, he had 15 appearances and no goals. And it took him all of 15 minutes this time round to open his account for Chelsea. Looks like this has always been his home. He looked very comfortable and what a game that was. We will talk about the rest in due course. But again, uh, uh, you know, before we get into it, uh, United and uh, City, uh, literally different shades for, for Manchester because United held City going crazy, the champions of old. It, it was really, really a good weekend overall. My Liverpool team looked really good, consistent professional performance. Uh, West Ham surprisingly wreaked havoc on a Leicester team. What else happened uh, when, when you talk about the, the big four? Uh, Kane came on late as a substitute. Spurs got the win. Uh, Delhi Ali man of the match and Delhi Ali penalty. Uh, I think we can literally delve straight into it right now because otherwise you know that I can go on and on. So let's start with your thoughts, Dipin, about Arsenal versus Chelsea and Lukaku scoring on Derby. Hey, Chirag, what's up, Yaz? a uh, fantastic game week as you said lots and lots of action right from the liverpool burnley game right up to the last game of the match week that was west ham versus leicester and you could almost say that you probably the best game was saved for last at uh, in there but uh, yes let's start with the let's deal with the disaster right up front uh, that was chelsea versus arsenal uh lukaku making his debut and it felt like he's that was the missing piece that chelsea were waiting for linking up very well with all the other players scoring on debut causing trouble every time he was in and around the ball holding up the hold up play was fantastic from him and it seemed like this was the missing link for chelsea and they are now primed to you know pose a challenge to the defenders manchester city absolutely couldn't agree more Lukaku, the missing piece of the puzzle. Bono, I am telling you, is still going to come good this year. Mount and Havertz now seem to have settled into their positions. Pulisic yet to come. I think he had he, he, he tested positive for COVID, but otherwise Pulisic s- s- slots right in there. And uh, it, it, it's an amazing, amazing attack. While probably one can say that they are not the strongest defense. The numbers may beg to differ so even even at the outside if you don't look at them and they don't seem really solid at the back the numbers differ they've got thiago silva they've got christiansen they've got rodrigo marco alonso rich james on the wings and uh, don't forget ben chilwell as well you put kante and jorginho as holding midfielders and obviously eduardo mendy and you got one hell of a team that's definitely definitely poised to give city a run for the money yeah we used to always talk about you know city's bench being scary and you know how can such good quality be on the bench and a similar thing is happening now with chelsea they have such uh, kind of players that you know especially in the attacking half that uh, would walk into any first team uh, side any side 
and yes defensively you know they not they, they might not look the strongest but their performances ever since thomas tuchel has come in they've been one of the meanest defenses in the premier league so that's definitely working quite well for them and they've got a very good balance right across the side absolutely before moving on to 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 both the manchester clubs and just like take a minute and mention thiago silva for some reason the pop out of my head is one of the reasons why the defense is so solid so that's that for chelsea and i dare say that's that for arsenal as well because things looking bleak if if you, if you support the gunners and i'm really not sure how much more time arteta has and there was an actual meme uh, put up which i saw which said that martin odegaard has retired from champions league football at the age of 22 obviously <laughs> a sarcastic you know remark for him joining arsenal Yeah absolutely I mean I'm I'm sure Ma- Martin Odegaard would also be having uh, second thoughts looking at the two performances that Arsenal have put in in these two game weeks and plus the injury concerns that Real Madrid's midfield has he would probably have been a straight uh, starter for this early part of the season uh, so there's definitely something but hopefully he adds a lot more to Arsenal than they are showing right now yes a lot of the f- players have been missing the key players have been missing and let's see how things go as far as arteta is concerned now i guess two games into a season uh, does not make sense to fire a, a manager so if you've showed faith in him to start the season you probably have to give him more time because even the players that you've you know bought have still not come into the team they've not played a, only ben white has played one match and he's out with uh, covid i also i think so there there is uh, still uh, a few players to come in and hopefully the season is still uh, fairly young so long way to go absolutely more than enough time to fire arteta wait for the next 3 to 5 games moving on yeah. then <laughs> 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 to the manchester clubs let's talk about manchester now because this, not only is the sky blue but the city is blue as well they were back to their normal performance of 5-0 thumping a really really good performance overall and i don't have anything new to say except that everybody knows that they're going to be runaway victors over here i think gilish scored on his home debut and uh, all was right with the world again he's used to assist and i mean he was playing in the number 9 position so i'm not really sure while while kane will add a lot to their attack and obviously help with the champions league uh, progress in terms of uh, goals of winning the champions league i'm pretty sure without kane also they probably should be able to run away the, with the premier league this season yeah absolutely i mean they're looking very strong and we were concerned about a slowish start probably from them but uh, they allayed all those fears and knocked five goals against uh, norwich uh, seems like one of the two manchester sides struggles every game week and the other one scores five goals so uh, <laughs> it's a, it's been manchester city this time and yeah as you said jack grealish getting his first home goal so that could you know pump him up a little bit as well i think they still <clears throat> have space to bring in other players which is in itself a scary thought i think phil foden hasn't really played yet and he was a revelation last season as well so 
plenty more to come from manchester city and it looks very difficult for anyone trying to pose a challenge absolutely now let's cross sides to the red side of manchester a 1-1 performance a couple of things sancho came off the bench remember they've drawn to the saints who really probably don't have enough firepower up front especially after selling danny ings and uh, you know one has to think again if united are going to falter once again and it was Mason Greenwood to the rescue. Um, Lingard, I think, came on a little late, so didn't really have too much time to add to the performance. Hopefully, Sancho can start making a difference in the near future. Another question I have is, is the future of Van der Beek bleak? Because Lingard off the bench, Sancho off the bench, and Van der Beek warming the bench. Um, what was the point of buying him? I don't really think you've given him a good enough run in the side. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, we've seen this from Manchester United last season also. They put in a great performance and then the next game is kind of flat and a similar thing happened again this week. And yeah, so Jadon Sancho coming off the bench, Jesse Lingard, who's, who was, I think, rumoured that if he doesn't you know play regularly, he wants to leave. Uh, so he comes on pretty late, but he's at least got some minutes in and So it was a very confusing performance from Manchester United and a large parts of it, even towards the end, I think Southampton were the ones who were looking for the win rather than Manchester United. So that that was more quizzical for me. Uh, So eventually, yes, and on the Van der Beek point, it's absolutely, I think, clear that it wasn't uh, Solskjaer's pick. He wasn't the one Solskjaer wanted and it doesn't seem like he wants him even now. So it's looking difficult. Honestly, though, people like Greenwood, Fernandez, Rashford and Sancho all playing in those roles are doing really well. Pogba is doing exceptionally well. So I don't really see how he can come into the side as well. So it's not really, you can't really blame Solskjaer for the, not playing him because the others that are playing are doing are doing pretty well. So I guess that's how it will be. Fair enough. Now let's move on to uh, Merseyside and uh, Liverpool uh, for, for starters. A 2-0 performance. I think uh, they couldn't have looked more professional. Uh, interestingly, Jota is starting up front rather than Firmino both the games. But again, Jota looks in fine form, as does Salah and Mane. Salah scored in the first game, Mane in this game. Uh, you can't really fault their professional performance. There was, uh, I had mentioned Harvey Elliott. Uh, at the start, our first episode, just before the Premier League started. And he was in sublime form. And I don't know whether you saw that that wonderful little dink. What a pass to Salah. Yes, it it ended up being offside. But oh my God, what a goal. What an assist that would have been. And that just shows me what this young man is capable of. You know, I I, I know that everybody's going to say we have such a strong midfield when you talk about Fabinho and maybe even Oxlade-Chamberlain or when, uh, and, and Thiago as well. But uh, I really wouldn't be too disappointed if you start Fabinho or Henderson uh, right there in the centre and, and on each flank, you have one one youngster in Harvey Elliott and Curtis Jones because they are the future and they can make things happen. And I remember last season as well, James Miller, if I'm not mistaken, got stubbed off by Philop and he was not happy about it. And who did who did uh, who replaced James Miller? That was none other than Curtis Jones, who literally in the next two minutes provided an assist to Salah for the goal. 
So uh, these two youngsters looking good. Overall, again, Van Dyke growing stronger game by game. The Van Dyke matchup, uh, uh, you know, combination starting to uh, bear fruit again. Hopefully, matchup can stay injury free. Arnold Alexander Arnold on one flank. Robertson was on the bench, so probably ready to come back soon. Simakas, by the way, again superb. I I thought his cross in for the first goal was again. Absolutely scintillating, and and he's looking really good. Quite frankly, he's played two good games. So, other than the fact that I definitely agree that Robertson is the the starting left back and and should come straight back into the team, you can't fault Simicast for his performance. So, uh, all in all, I think some splendid uh, playing from Liverpool. Fabinho, remember, yet to come back into the team. Thiago, I don't think he's got a game yet. And uh, Oxley, Chamberlain, and Fabinho were were on leave for personal reasons. I've just named four, five people that will literally make uh, the lineup even stronger. And I'm not sure whether Minamino got minutes either. I, I don't think he's, he's seen much, uh, much, uh, you know, many minutes in the first two games. And he's had a good preseason. What I'm trying to say is Liverpool had with a chance, so everybody wake up. I think there's not much to say about this game left after everything that you've said. So. Yeah, more or less, I think I agree with everything that you said. It was a thoroughly uh, controlled, solid, professional performance from Liverpool. A two-nil victory against the side they've recently, I think, struggled against a little bit. So it, it's a very comfortable, very good position to be in right now. I'm going to put these snippets on Instagram, the pain. You just agreed with me on two things: that Arsenal are doing really badly, and that Liverpool put in a wonderful performance. Look, you can. You can agree or disagree on opinions, but what these two things are a purely facts. They, Arsenal aren't doing very well, and Liverpool did put in a good performance. So there's there's just nothing to disagree about in this. There you have it from the horse's mouth. I'm very happy. The the, the blue yes, side of Merseyside yeah. pain, however, saw misfortunes with Rafa Benitez's side drawing away to Leeds, and uh, again, I think. Uh, even Stevens decent game overall and really can't complain because uh, Leeds really you know I still think they definitely hopefully going to get in the ninth or tenth spot and uh, obviously with with Bielsa being there I don't I don't see it any other way so the fact that they actually do with Everton wasn't really a surprise for me doing really well uh, and all in all I I think Rafa should be happy with four points from two games quite frankly Yeah absolutely I think Everton will have a little bit of a up and down kind of season it looks that way they do they're playing well right now as a unit but uh, yes there is there is a, there are a few gaps in the squad and let's see how they progress and what Rafa Benitez does Leeds are, Leeds also, on the other hand as you'd expect with most Leeds games they, it's kind of an open play they play really fast they they play well they they attack with everyone and they defend with everyone so a lot of workload goes into all these players so their test will definitely come towards the end of the season like it did last season as well but a fantastic goal from rafinha a long range effort uh, and it was a terrific goal uh, so uh, definitely a lot of in- exciting players in the lead side as well i mean rafinha is there bamford harrison and clay called and uh, calvin phillips so all of them Ah, uh, now have the experience of one season will be should be a stronger force to reckon with. Absolutely, and maybe a couple of other games that we can mention and 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 uh, uh, that I would like to talk about is Nuno went to Wolves and got 
the three points and the victory. Delhi Ali with the penalty over there, a wonderful performance as well. Kane came off uh, the bench, I think, 72nd, 73rd minute. What are your thoughts over there? Uh, uh, I, I thought Tottenham were actually quite lucky to come away with the win because Wolves had a lot of chances. They had they created so many chances there and just couldn't find that final pass or the final finish. And uh, yeah, the early goal from Delhi Ali really was enough, you know, take Tottenham through. But I think the far more interesting thing in that match would be that Harry Kane came off the bench, played for the for whatever, 18 minutes or 19 minutes or so, but at least he was there. He had, I think, one or two chances as well, came quite close to scoring. So, that would be the more positive news for Tottenham rather than the game itself. Absolutely. Although, honestly, I, I completely disagree with the strategy over here because it seems that Daniel Levy is going to do one of two things. Either he's going to keep a player that really doesn't want to stay, which for me doesn't make any sense. You might as well cash out on, on him now with three years left on his contract. You're not going to get that kind of money next year or the following year after that. And uh, in the alternate, he's probably going to sell him right at the death of the transfer window, which again doesn't make sense because you can't use the money to get in a striker. So what the thought process is over there, only Daniel Levy knows. I'm not something, you know, uh, I'm, 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 you know, reasonably disappointed with his, with his approach because for a... a person that has a reputation of being a hard negotiator. I mean, I don't know what he's doing. They're willing to pay a decent amount of money. He might as well let an unhappy person go. It just, for me, it's more stubbornness than being a good negotiator now. And that's all I have to say. I think for, for Daniel Levy, it's more about how much money he can get for Kane rather than getting it in time and reinvesting it. It's about maximizing uh, Harry Kane's uh, transfer amount rather than, you know, having taking what is available now and investing it in, into a replacement for Harry Kane because a replacement for Harry Kane in essence is not possible. That's why Manchester City are paying so much for Harry Kane. So, yeah, uh, they can replace it with a couple of strikers, decent strikers, and they've not done that. I would have, if I were them, I would have gone for Ings. I would have picked up Ings right before we had even, we mean not we, I'm not talking in, <laughs> but uh, definitely not this year. Never enough this year, but 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 uh, for, for, if I was telling him, I, I would have ensured that we bought Danny Ings right at the get-go for 20-25 million. Wouldn't have really hurt the pocket even if Kane doesn't go. So I I don't get it. I mean, they, they, it just doesn't make sense to wait till the last minute. They're not going to be able to get anyone in terms of a a, a striker to replace them. Yeah, I mean, agree to a certain extent. You could have uh, it could have acted as an insurance in case Kane goes. But uh, then you might probably be signaling that you're expecting Kane to go anyways, and that that might drive down the price in anyways. Because Kane wants to go, you're <laughs> expecting him to go. So why why would Manchester City keep pushing with more uh, amounts of money? Fair enough. And the pain about last night's game, because I was quite surprised with with, with the scoreline. I believe it was four one to West Ham or uh, Leicester seemed blown away, a red card for Ayose Perez. I want your thoughts on first of all whether he should have seen red. And then Antonio with two goals. I believe he is now the all-time scorer for uh, the all-time top scorer for West Ham if I'm not mistaken. And uh, a wonderful celebration at that when he got it. So yeah, what are your thoughts on West Ham? Because I think they look simply superb. Oh, stunning. Stunning performance from West Ham. And uh, yeah, the I think the partnership between uh, 
Said Ben Rama and uh, Mikhail Antonio is turning out to be quite uh, a, a quite a forceful threat, uh, quite a good attacking threat. Uh, Mikhail Antonio becomes uh, the top scorer for West Ham. I think he was asked the question last uh, weekend on equaling the record at forty-seven goals, and he said, "Yeah, not bad for a right back." So, so yeah, that's <laughs> that's true. That's true. He's he's he's, he's become the number nine. <laughs> exactly. So he's become the number nine, and he's become a great uh, goal-scoring force. Uh, and yeah, I, it wouldn't actually be surprising if he reaches twenty goals for the season. So yeah, he, he's in that good form, and that definitely one to watch out for. Ayose uh, Perez red card. Uh, initially, I thought you know it wasn't a red card while watching it, but then. as you saw more and more replays it looked like it was an inevitable decision a referee couldn't not give that uh, red once he went to the once var intervened and he went to the screen to watch it i i really don't see how he could not have given that no i i'm not going to say anything else i agree with your decision and your comment i think it should have been a red so yeah uh, i i think that sums it up pretty much but yeah lester looking in a little bit of trouble i think they weren't convincing last game also against wolves and even this one against west ham they were kind of looking i mean especially after they went down to 10 men it was looking like a one sided affair so uh, kind of a concerning situation right now for lester well i i do agree with you but it's brendan rogers side and lester and wadi and uh, smikel and i believe they have the wherewithal to get out of the situation they're in much more positively as compared to us <laughs> i think i am a lot more positive about about lester's uh, uh, you know performances and actual aptitude and the the you know wherewithal to actually get themselves out of this hole so yeah uh, i agree with you but i think they'll get out of it fairly easily let's hope and see actually let's hope as you hope lester is has been quite impressive over the last few seasons and It's always nice to see them do well. Absolutely, Dipen and Dipen. I think we've we've covered pretty much most of the games. Villa with two nil victors against Newcastle with Danny Ings scoring yet again, and uh, Brighton. I think comfortable victory over Watford, uh, and and I think that basically sums it up with the exception of a relatively dull nil nil draw with Palace and Brentford, and uh, we can call it a night, Dipen. So. Oh, pretty much that's all from our side. By the way, this is only the second time in in West Ham's history that they have finished a match week at top of the table. I did not realize the top of the table they finished. So wow, yeah, okay. top of thanks the table on me. goal difference. <laughs> thanks, thanks for stopping me and thanks for pointing that out. My my, West Ham, the Hammers, top of the table above Chelsea and Liverpool. Who would have thought you're going to see that? <laughs> If you're a hammer, please take a screenshot of the table right now. <laughs> and Dipen, I dare say once again that about sums up the night and sums up the week. Thank you, everyone, for listening. It's been a pleasure as always. Cheers and good night. Thank you. Cheers. <laughs>